This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. This is an iFanboy special edition podcast on Batman versus Robin. My child arrived just the other day. He came to the world in the usual way. But there were planes to catch and bills to pay. He learned to walk while I was away And he was talking for I knew it And as he grew, he'd say I'm gonna be like you, Dad You know I'm gonna be like you And the cat's in the cradle and the silver spoon Little boy blue and the man on the phone When you're coming home, Dad, I don't know when Hello, welcome 
Welcome to the iFanboy Special Edition podcast on Batman vs. Robin. We've assembled the iFanboy Animation Brain Trust. My name is Connor Kilpatrick. I'm with Dr. Ryan Haupt. Hello. And a heavily medicated Paul Montgomery. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Just Paul takes no responsibility. Notice iFanboy. It's allergy season again. <laughs> For anything so. he says. <laughs> I'm recording. It was allergy season here, but now we have like four inches of snow on the ground. Good for I'm you. I'm recording from a Wawa. <laughs> I'm not happy about it. We are the iFanboy Animation Brain Trust, and we like to get together to talk about these films. This is the latest of the DC Universe animated original movies. It snuck up on us this year by days. Paul and I realized it was coming out, but we got it all. We watched it. Do you want to do this? You want to, you want to do, are we doing this still? Yeah, so. <laughs> so anyway, I thought the first episode of Daredevil. Uh, sh- all right, so. Is that what we're doing? This is the latest in the shared universe film, so they're doing, I think, one non-shared universe film a year. We're going to get to that one later. And then the other ones are living in this New 52 shared continuity. It's been a Justice League movie, so we've had two of the Justice League movies so far in the New 52 continuity, and then a Batman movie in between. Right. So, um, here's your spoiler warning. We're going to talk about this, this film, so there will be spoilers if you're worried about that. This is very loosely based on the Court of Owls storyline in Batman that Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo did. Mm-hmm. Very loosely. Very loosely. In fact, I really hesitate to call it an adaptation, but they are crediting Scott Snyder. They're using, they're using elements, but it's, it's sort of a mashup of that and like um, Batman and Robin, but it, Dick is in there, but it's not Dick as Batman. Yeah, so that it's it's... It's, it's a little all over the place. It's probably the most loosely adap- adapted one we've seen in a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what's interesting is uh, we really, as a group, I believe, or maybe Ryan was an outlier, it's always hard to tell with you, did not like the last one, the Batman and, and Son, or Son of Batman one. We always have a conversation, and then Ryan's like, I loved it. <laughs> no, that was the, you're t- we're thinking of the Arkham, okay. the Arkham one. So we, did, oh, we, we, did, we really did not like one. Son of Batman, which was no. basically... Part one of this movie. You could watch this movie without seeing that, but there's elements of that that play off in here. Yeah. So when this movie started up, and it opens with Damien having stolen the Batmobile, and he's, he's driving somewhere, and Batman's yelling at him through, through the radio or the comms or whatever, I just sort of very heavily sighed because <laughs> I was taken back to how much I, that last movie, how much I hated it, plus the well-documented lamenting of Damien in general we've been having lately. Just yeah. not, not wanting to deal with him. And, and realizing at that moment he was never going to not be in my life ever again. <laughs> and, then a fun, and then a funny thing happened. Imagine how Batman feels. And then a funny thing happened was that I thought this movie was pretty terrific. Pretty terrific. That's yeah. strong praise. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was okay. <laughs> I thought it was very boring. Whoa, all over the map again. <laughs> I thought it well, I, th- I think just the way we've been describing like what it is, I think in the same way, I think there's a lot of good ingredients in here, but then a lot of stuff sort of didn't gel. Okay, so what, what, what do you think didn't work for you? Okay. Well, really quickly, Paul, what is the story of this movie? Really what quickly? is the story lot, of this yeah. movie? Okay, so a couple of different things going on. Uh, as, you, as you alluded to, we've got some conflict between Damien and Batman. Uh, Damien, of course, has been trained by Rachel Ghoul, his, his grandfather, and all of his League of Assassins, and thinks he knows he's, he's too big for his britches, for his Robin britches. And he thinks he can, he can you know, uh, dole out vengeance, but uh, Batman is all about justice, not vengeance. 
vengeance. So he's you know tr- trying to make sure that Damien doesn't like murder anybody, uh, and that that comes up a few times here. But then uh, put into that, you have the whole Court of Owls thing, which is a storyline and a set of uh, rogues that I really loved from the New Fifty Two Batman stuff from from Snyder and Capullo. And I don't, you know, I think it it gets a little bit schizophrenic. This has slight a slightly longer running time. Well, the B the B plot or the A plot yeah. really is that the Talon from the Court of Owls is trying to recruit Robin into be right. joining him, and that's sort of the main thrust of the movie. Yeah, so we got like eighty minutes here. Yeah, it was almost an hour and a half, which is almost the length of a regular movie. Yeah, so a little bit longer, and even still, I think it, it didn't quite know what to do with that running time. Like Ryan said, I think there are some dry stretches. But then also, I, I think it, it bites off a little bit more than it can chew with the Court of Owls. Like, I think the, th- the third act is, is kind of messy. Things just come to a head very, very quickly. And I think the big thing for me is they're doing something interesting with Talon as this new sort of alternative father figure for Damien because he's because Bruce is just isn't cutting it as a, as a cool dad. He's trying to keep him at home and you know, bar him from leaving uh, Wayne Manor. Why would you want to leave Wayne Manor? It's got everything. It's probably got an Xbox One Except and a PS4. Crime. It just doesn't have There's the crime. There's no murder. <laughs> yeah, Dane just wants to murder to people. Get him a little Combat X. He can, he can have some fun. He can do some fatalities and stuff. He doesn't have to go out there on the streets, but... And there's, you know, there's a, there's a couple of nice moments there with, uh, with Bruce and Damien, like, you know, Damien has just gotten into, into Dickens. And Bruce is like, I was reading Dickens when I was your age. Let's watch that David Lean film. What an unbelievable father-son conversation that what was. What a wonderful conversation, yeah. And then... You're talking about a severely emotionally stunted adult talking to a child. So I don't <laughs> right. think it was that unusual. Let's, let's have some butter on the popcorn, too. <laughs> and... Um, since we're rich, we can... Was that the line? Was like, we're yeah. so rich, we can afford two bowls no, of popcorn. No, I think we can afford two bowls. <laughs> right. So, well, I know he doesn't say we're so rich, we can afford... But, like, that's the, that's the subtext. You know, and then Talon comes in, and it's just Talon. He is a Talon, but it's not specifically... He's the cool, said, you know, bad... He's like... He's the cool, bad guy, and it's okay to murder people. Um, and he quips as he's fighting, and he has some cool moves and stuff. It's a, it's a, it's a nice looking, nice, well animated movie, but um, very, you know, very fluid. But uh, I think his motivations get a little murky for me, and that's, I think, that's the big thing of how it falls down is that I don't entirely understand what what Talon's motivations are and why he just decides to launch an assault on the the Batcave. In Act well, his, three. his motivation was to take over the Court of Owls. He didn't feel a part of them. The Court of Owls is all the old blue blood gentry of Gotham secretly running things, and he was a street kid that mm-hmm. was pulled up, that was used as a talent, and he didn't never felt like he was going to belong. Just like in Even Oliver Twist, he's, he's banging Batman's lady. That's true, but you know, so he decided he's going to take it for himself. I. I, I found a lot to like. There were things I didn't like for sure. I didn't think it was a great mm. movie, but I really enjoyed it. I was engaged. I thought it was a lot of fun. And I, I was keeping notes while watching the film. And then right off the top of the top, my first note was uh, when Nightwing pulls Robin's cape over his head and then repeatedly punches him in the head. That was fantastic. <laughs> he's, he's like sting misfortune. Yeah, I, a lot of my Damien. good notes are about Damien. Bad things happening to Damien. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought it was funny because he is like an eight-year-old kid. <laughs> So there was just an extended, and this may have come after just having watched Daredevil with all the punching and that. But right. he just he just stands there and just gives him like four or five whacks in the head, and I thought that was really fun. More Damien punches. It's very jarring, and I mean, I I think the the Batman and Son movie isn't 
I don't know how how far removed we are from that, but it's it's not that established in my mind. I don't remember it very well, uh, just that I didn't like it. And even here, the second time we're seeing Damien, you know, with a voice actor, it's so weird that like Bruce is going around with this little kid who sounds like a little kid. You know, it's not like a female voice actor like doing a little kid voice. It's an actual little kid. I thought the little kid was really good. Uh, yes, I think it was a mixed bag. I think yes and no. Some scenes he worked in, some scenes it felt a little stiff. But it's definitely affecting that it's it's, it's a real little kid. And Especially when paired with Jason Amaro continues to be the biggest problem with these movies. Oh, who is a really good actor and a really terrible Batman. And he's not getting any better. It's not like he's, lear- you know, oh, this, you know, I've learned from my last film. I'm- no, it's just the same line delivery. Oh, and they're and they're totally trolling the uh, the fanboys because Kevin Conroy plays Thomas Wayne. Yeah, I like in this. that. that well, that that was my one of my notes in my bad section was that you had Kevin Conroy and you had Jeremy Sisto as talent. Jeremy Sisto played Batman in New Frontier, which I love. That's right. So you have two really great Batman voice actors in a movie that where you've got a really terrible Batman voice actor who continues to not emote, but also use the same exact voice for Bruce Wayne and for Batman. There's no nuance in his performance whatsoever. He's, he has that moment where he's in the Bat Mech also from the uh, New 52. Mm-hmm. I guess we saw it in Endgame. Um, and he's, he's you, got that... You love mechs. He's got, I know, but he's got that line where he's like, you sons of bitches, get out of my cave. And it's just like, nope, not buying it. <laughs> like, it just did not feel like Batman. Like, it, I don't know. And I don't want to be one of those guys. Like it can only be like Kevin Conroy. I think it could be. I think other actors have well, done. I don't think. Well. It's, I don't think this. I just don't think he emotes at all. It just yeah, he just doesn't. Yeah. So and this and this is a very important you know story for, to have like a complex Batman. It's not like a Justice League. It's right. it's something where he needs to you know he's dealing with his kid and all that stuff. Ryan, you you did not like it. Correct. <laughs> I watched like it? most of it, and then I got to. About where there were 16, 15 minutes left where the big final battle is going to happen. And I fell asleep for several hours. And uh, when I woke up, I realized what had happened and uh, rewound and, and watched the final fight and still was left pretty pretty cold. I don't know. I've been listening to a lot of the Flophouse podcast. And so maybe I'm just being nitpicky. But there were just a lot of things in this that did not work for me. And like little things and big things. So like one of the little things was that because <laughs> I think I, I'm only saying this because I think I'm a big Paul laugh is that Alfred played Falstaff that's a horrible role for Alfred he's very skinny <laughs> I love the same thing see exactly he's not a Falstaff <laughs> Alfred actually was really kind of dumb in the movie it was one, yeah, one of was, my he was like intel, like lack of intelligence turning stuff. off the security and all sort of stuff yeah and then like when, when Bruce is on the date with the woman and she sees Damien and Bruce awkwardly is like oh that's my ward I'm like that she just called you a playboy. She should not be shocked if you have a son. Like, just say he's your son. That's yeah, so much that's, less creepy. No, but that's Batman stuff. That's security yeah. issues. Another thing I thought about Paul uh, when he had the fight with the Talons in the Gotham Natural History Museum, and I think, right. Paul, you and I would have a really good time going to the Gotham Natural History Museum together. <laughs> that was honestly a thought that I had. I'm like, oh, I bet that'd be a good day for me and Paul, just like walking around, <laughs> looking at stuff. We do that, and then we go see Alfred playing Malvolio, probably. Twelfth night. <laughs> I think that would be a much better part for Alfred. So, but... And then like, and then Batman's a dick to fossils. Like, he knocks over that T-Rex skeleton and uh, smears his blood all over it. And I can tell you, as a person, I work in a museum with a T-Rex skull. If I came in one morning and the skull was all messed up and covered in blood, I'm testing the blood of that skull. I now know who Batman is. I just I know that's not what you meant, but I like that you prefaced that with, as a person. 
Yeah, I'm a person who cares about fossil skulls and has access to a T-Rex skull on a daily basis. So you weren't you weren't engaged in the emotional arc of Robin. You weren't engaged in the the, the attempted seduction of Robin by Talon. No, not really. Like no, like, and I just I don't know the movie. Like you said, it was a bit on the long side, but we still get reminders that Bruce's parents were shot and killed. But this time, an owl flies by and eats a bat. See, I thought, I, th- I thought that was really great. I thought I loved this movie. I thought it was one of the best ones. Probably the best one since they've done the, the reboot. Actually, no, it is the best one since they started the That's a low bar. <laughs> no, but I thought that this was the most fun by far I had in that movie. I'd give this a solid four. Okay, well, four that's, I'm glad you liked it. I loved the talent Robin relationship. I thought it was interesting to, to explore Robin's dual nature. Mm-hmm. And that he wants to be his dad and he wants to please his dad, but he also has Ra's al Ghul inside of him. And that's a very seductive thing to fall back on the idea of just stabbing people. I really love the Talon's death. And how he basically forced Robin to kill him physically. I thought that was great. I thought I thought the fight scenes were was pretty fantastic. I thought the, they were really brutal. The yep, I agree battle and the Talons felt like the genuine threat to Batman. Batman's almost a side character in this movie. I thought the Court of Owls were creepy, which is what they need to be. They did a good job bringing the Court of Court of Owls to animation yeah. <laughs> to life. Basically, like they, they were very creepy. They got the visual down when like. There's like a there's a car race, the car the they try or to, a car chase scene yeah. where they're trying to get they're trying, trying to, to get Bruce, Bruce trying yeah. to box him in yeah Those and then a bunch CG of people cars. come out with with their owl masks. It CG it, cars it, are pretty bad. The, and like the I mean we see the Batmobile fall down on the Batmac uh, late in the movie and it's pretty CG looking. Um, but the sequence itself of that the car chase with like and with the owls coming out of their cars in the mask they're it's creepy. like it's. It's very creepy. I'm glad that that translated. I was a little worried that they wouldn't seem as creepy in animation, but they they did to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And speaking of creepy, Weird Al Yankovic was in this movie, <laughs> which I totally didn't know until oh, you told me. You know, that's a good point. That Well, he was the doll face, and I actually liked that sequence a lot. I thought that really worked. Uh, so that the doll maker. The doll maker, yeah. It was super creepy, and Robin, like, it, it's a villain that makes sense for Robin because this is a guy who exploits kids, mm-hmm. and so <laughs> I actually liked that scene better before Batman showed up because then it's just Batman punching children, <laughs> is, you know, sometimes necessary, but still not, like, my favorite thing. Yeah. So- I think I think starting it off there is a pretty interesting choice because it, it immediately sets the tone that this is going to be, this going to be messed up. There's going to be some moral ambiguity. Uh, in this, so, like you are watching an animated feature, but we're we're definitely playing into the PG thirteen. Yeah, and then uh, you know Dick Grayson's like sexton call with Starfire. Well, that that leads to a couple of points. <laughs> <That> was, <laughs> I, I had a, I had a couple of yeah, that was pretty. I forgot that. Yeah, that was that was weird. And he's dressed like an extra on The Sopranos in that scene. He's got like the tight black shirt, and the pleated the, pants, with the gold pants gold. and the necklace, gold <laughs> necklace. That was what put it over the line. I wonder oh, if that, that was sort of a, ver- like a visual callback to his old costume. I, there was some questions for me of what continuity this was in because the, the starfire relationship that's from the old continuity the future damien stuff that they flashed to is from the old continuity the suits in the bat cave and the displays were all old continuity. yeah that's suits. a good point well there was like okay so in the new post flashpoint dc universe it, in the comics at least it is established that starfire and dick grayson had a relationship at some point because there was that controversy over the whole first issue where she doesn't remember any of that because she's just a sex doll for whatever. 
It's never alluded to anywhere else where Dick Grayson lives. Um, New 52 is weird, though, because, I mean, like, in the first issue of Swamp Thing, they allude to the death of Superman. He's like, well, I died before, so I don't know what that that was like. And I was like, really? (laughs) You're keeping that? It just felt like it felt, it didn't feel like New 52 in it. But that was just interesting. I actually, I liked all the Nightwing stuff, except for the part (laughs) where Rob There's one way it felt very New 52. What's that? Tim Drake was not around. Well, that was one thing. It, It just... I don't want to get to Damien again, but it really does minimize the other Robins. I mean, the, the idea that Robin, that Damien can beat up Nightwing is stupid. Um, and I felt really a cathartic release when Batman and Nightwing saved the day at the end. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, Batman's with the real Robin. That's nice. So there were things I didn't love about it. I didn't like that basically Talon and Nightwing look exactly the same, their design-wise. And that well, and, and the voice was similar enough that when there's the scene in the dark with the woman that Bruce had been dating... I didn't immediately realize that it wasn't her and Bruce in bed together. Right. Well, that's because Jeremy's sister has been Batman, so you've got a gravelly-voiced guy playing. Right. And Tyler so, like, I'm, I'm sitting here, and I'm like, are they really showing us a post-coital Bruce Wayne scene? Like, that's very ballsy. And then I realized it was the Talon. And, uh, yeah. There's a weird moment where Bruce, Bruce is like, I want to show you something. And she's like, I bet it's your bedroom. And he's like, well, it's a little early for that. And I was like, Bruce Wayne doesn't have sex. Like, he goes on dates, but, like. Depends on the book. Did the Grant Morrison? It depends on the Batman book. It depends on the book. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't. Know, I thought this was really fun. I thought it was a really good take on that that group of characters. And I think if you're going to do a Damien movie, this is probably the best Damien movie you could possibly do for me. Anyway, I, I really, I have a lot of one one note. I have a stupid Damien um, when, <laughs> when he revealed his identity to the Owls. Yeah. Also, I have another note that says owls are dicks. I don't know why I wrote that, but I did. I don't know, man. I mean, owls are pretty scary. Like, I, I would, if I was walking, you know, along a forest path late at night and a bat came at me and an owl came at me, like, I'm ducking away from the owl more than the bat. Well, we have those talons, right? Well, yeah, but bats have rabies. Like, talons will scratch you, but rabies will kill you. I'm getting my manservant to shoot at him with his shotgun. <laughs> and Alfred just goes to town with that shotgun. I think that people... Anyone going into this looking for an adaptation, obviously, of the Court of Owls storyline is going to be disappointed because it's not at all. They're just taking some of the concepts. Which right? is a good thing they didn't call it Batman Court of Owls. It's, right. It, it is called, it's just they're, they're the trapping to this, which is so. But I think gonna, Batman and Robin fans, for the most part, other than you two Grinches, will, will enjoy this movie. That's my prediction. It's, it's getting much better reviews than these movies generally get lately. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, I I check the reviews on uh, Blu-ray.com, which is pretty um, they're pretty harsh sometimes. Like they usually, it's it's very rare for them to give one of these over like a three, and uh, and this out one of, was 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 a four or something. Out so five? out of five, yeah, out of five. yeah, four, four to five, five is right in, right in. I cannot stress enough how great it was to have Nightwing punch Robin repeatedly in the head. <laughs> it was really awesome. I would have rewound it if I had had the time. See, maybe I just wasn't. Maybe I just wasn't looking for that catharsis. He's an asshole. You didn't need that to be happy. You didn't. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't need. I've got. Damien. I've got a fulfilling yeah. life. I've got other things going on. I really liked the, the unrelenting attack by the Talons at the end. The the fact that it was just waves of them, and it felt like they were never going to win. The Batman and Nightmare never. There were just so many of them, and they, no matter how many they put down, more of them would appear. I really liked that sense. You don't normally get that sense of overwhelming dread in those situations that there's, well, they, they, there's no way to get out of this. Mm-hmm. I, thought, I, thought it was, I thought they were really good. 
know, I think that that kind of thing they would reserve for like a Justice League movie, that level of a threat. Right. Like the Batman stuff is usually a, a more intimate kind of thing. Well, it's like he's just a, facing off the Joker. You know, when he pulls out the mech, he's it's a serious problem. It's a serious that's problem. A, that's a, super, a, bitch a Superman level threat when he goes full mech on something. And right. Alfred, Alfred really took his time building that mech suit or fix, turning it on or whatever he was. He, Alfred was really stupid in this movie. It was bothering me. Thinks that he's a good fit. They were making fun of him. Like, look, he can wear a fat suit. It's acting. I like that he was. I like that he's concerned about Bruce's cholesterol when he's talking about putting butter on the popcorn. Right. I keep coming back to that, but like, I think he gets some some aerobic exercise. The cardio, just being Batman. Yeah, maybe Batman had some genetic markers for high cholesterol. <laughs> no, no amount of exercise can fix that. This is the real the real killer of, of Thomas Wayne. <laughs> Yeah, that that bullet, you know, he could have survived that, but if it the bullet actually dislodged a clot that went straight to his brain and killed him instantly, it's a little known fact about Thomas Wayne's death. So I, I liked it. I thought it was good. I was at, this actually helped a lot because we liked Throne of Atlantis, but we really haven't loved any. This is the first one I've loved in a while. So even if you guys didn't, that's okay. At one point, the Talon. The main talent says, no lines, no limits, no rules, which I think sounds like a, an ad campaign for some sort of extreme sports energy drink. For Mountain Dew, you don't... I mean, that's, yeah. yeah. That made me laugh, but not for the right reasons. So, should we talk about the future of the DC animated line? So, the next film is that we talked about the, the out of... It's actually a full-on Elseworlds movie. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not in the continuity, and it's the return of Bruce Timm for one night only to these movies. He's producing. It's his idea. Justice League, Gods and Monsters. It looks crazy. I have to admit, I was not necessarily on board with this, but then I watched the featurette on it. Why would you not be on board? Like, wouldn't you... It's Bruce Timm. He's back. Like, how is that not well, just I was on board cause for celebration? Until I, until I saw some information on it, and it was like, why does Superman have a goatee? And what's with the vampire uh, teeth Because on he's Latino. Also because he's Latino. Yeah, that's true. But then I watched the featurette, and I got really excited for it. So what, I always seen the trailer. What does the featurette say? That it's just a typical they interview everybody who's involved. So they bring in all the actors and stuff. Yeah, you know, it's an Elseworlds story. That's a completely different DC that you're used to. It's uh, Superman, who's the son of Zod, not Jor El, and he gets found by some Latino migrant workers, and he grows up very angry. And then Batman is not even Bruce Wayne. He's Kirk Langstrom. What? So it's, like, it's like a it's like John Steinbeck's DC universe. Yeah. Wait, how's that? Oh, because the, the Latino migrant right. workers? Okay, right. gotcha. And then uh, Wonder Woman is, is from uh, Apocalypse. She's yes. the wife of Orion. Got like a big Barda look. She looks like Sif, actually. Yeah, double like Lex Luthor is uh, kind of like Stephen Hawking. He's uh, confined to a wheelchair. and It's an Elseworlds. I used to love Elseworlds. So once you go into it knowing that, I think it looks really interesting. And in terms of looks, it's like classic Timverse. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's like it's not even like his most recent stuff. It's like going back to like Superman Adventures, I thought. Yep, I agree with that. Like they're just, not, a, just they're the not character mimicking, models. They're not mimicking anyone else's artistic style. It's like just back to Tim. Because like, for a while they yeah. were doing movies where they tried to look like Ed McGinnis or, or look like Mazzucchelli. And, and now this is like, nope, just Tim. Or. Tim style. Yeah. Big Timmy style. So that was like so big nostalgia bomb, and uh, it just it looks like it's something different. It's you know not a direct adaptation of, of anything. It's it's, it's pulling story. elements from stuff. It's an original story. So ten out of ten, I'm excited. Oh really? Yeah. Even though it's like angry, angry, murderous Superman. Sure. Sometimes you need that. Like can't you if know? it's a, if if it's an Elseworld Superman, I don't yeah. mind when they do that. 
You gotta... it's, it's when they say this is Superman and it's like a, an angry, murderous man of steel Superman, then I'm not I'm not on board. But if it's like this is just this, is, you know, this is for fun. This is like a, an alternate reality. This is like a what if kind of thing. I'm into that. It's, it's is, like a Twilight Zone episode. This is the closest thing we'll probably see to them adapting Red Sun, which is, you know, my like the one that I would love to see the most. So I'm happy. I'm happy about it. I think a lot of people would like to see a Red Sun adaptation. Yeah. Well, you're a communist. Of course you're excited for that. <laughs> it's not true. I know a lot, I've, I've just, heard a lot of people saying, like, the only Superman story I could ever get into is Red Sun. And so. What's interesting is that, so that movie's slated to come out this summer. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I can find nothing on anything beyond that. <laughs> Usually by now we know what's next after that. It doesn't mean there's nothing yeah. after that. It just means I, I see nothing anywhere on the next film after that. It's just, I mean, it's just that's the end of the Mayan calendar, you know? Maybe. It for us as a, as a people. Yeah. Bruce Tim knows something we don't know. So I like Batman versus Robin. Paul thought it was okay. Ryan didn't like it. I just thought it was boring. It was you boring. might have had That's other all. issues going on. You might have been having lack of sleep. You might it was terrific, tired. but it was boring. We're all looking forward to Gods and Monsters. It was really great, but I wanted to claw my eyes out and die. Boring is different than bad. <laughs> Like, I liked aspects of it. It just couldn't keep my attention. In well, isn't, isn't bad better than boring? Depends. Like, it can be it can be so bad that it's hilarious, or it can just be kind of bad that it's like, oh, this isn't good, so I'm not interested, and it's boring. No, he's Kirk Langstrom. <laughs> not he's my Batman. Batman! Not my Batman! And Benjamin Brad is <laughs> Superman. This is interesting. Guess. I'm fine with Superman being Zod's son, but there's only one Batman for me, and that's Terry McGinnis. I like Benjamin Brad. Benjamin Brad's good. Terry McGinnis is the only Batman I recognize. But you're recognize. okay with Batman being a vampire. Sure. No, I think that's great. It makes sense. Like, I was thinking... I'm okay with that Batman being a vampire. After I watched the trailer, I started thinking, if Batman in the regular DCU had the option to become a vampire and that would improve his, fi- his crime-fighting abilities, I mean, he's the ultimate pragmatist. Why would he not take that? I mean, he'd think about it for like two, three issues, but then he'd be like, you know, I gotta do it. He would just build a suit that would allow him to he'd be a fight the bullet. I don't know if he would allow himself to become a slave to the bloodlust. Well, but he'd, he'd be like, he'd have like an antidote. Yeah, he'd yeah. Antidote. Offer to make him a nice, instead of those green uh, energy shakes he gets now, he'd get, you know, blood energy shakes. He'd probably, because he, he'd they'd probably get like bat blood from the cave. Mm, I don't know. He already tried it with, once with the venom serum, and that took him a fucking detox weekend in the cave to get over that. I mean, vampire bats are a very sweet and social animal. If you're in the colony of the bats and you all go out and hunt for the evening, and like also they don't kill their prey, which is kind of nice. Like it's just take a little. Let's, sip of blood let's, just, let's just reflect on that detoxing in the bat cave. It's like the the last place that you'd want to get better. Like when there's a giant dinosaur diorama and you ever read that a story? big penny. Uh, where he gets it's been the, a while. the venom juice and you know, offers to lock him in the back cave. And he comes out with like a big bushy man beard. I guess he was a little longer than the weekend because he came out with a big beard. And that venom makes you grow beards fast. Maybe it's very manly. Yeah. Go to the Berkshires. I don't know. Go. go so don't go. To, don't go in the cave. Promises Malibu. Go to Promises Malibu. Yeah. Yeah. All I'm <laughs> saying is vampire bats are wonderful little creatures. If you are hungry, somebody else from the colony will share their blood with you. They'll like regurgitate it for you. Has so. anyone told them they've got horrible branding problems? <laughs> <laughs> terrible PR. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, so Batman vs. Superman, you... Batman vs. Superman. Batman vs. Robin. <laughs> Batman vs. Superman is... Oh, because that's later this year. Ugh. Is it really? No, it's next year. No. I don't know when it is. When is it, Paul? It's, it's whenever. We'll get all clips for it before. <laughs> I, I think right. they've released 200% of Avengers Age of Ultron 
before the movie's even out. You know how the easy way to, to not get spoiled is just to not watch any of those clips. Oh no, I don't. I don't watch them. I, I know just, you don't. Just, but like, I see people complain about it. It's like, well, then have some self control, you you psychopath. Don't watch it. <sighs> I just I just don't understand the marketing behind it. It's not like people haven't heard of Avengers: Age of Ultron. And uh, so talk about Batman versus Robin at ifanboy.com. That's where you can find the post for this show. You can find our weekly iFanboy Pick League podcast in which Paul just started last week. Yeah, right there. You, you know, you just yawned over your own plug. <laughs> I did. I did. Paul guest starred on the show last week, so you can catch him there. We talked about last week's books. You can also find all of our special edition shows there. Should have got Tom a, Caters. We're gonna have a Daredevil podcast coming up. We're gonna have an Avengers podcast coming up, so you can find all that. I do a podcast called Science Order, where I talk about things that I do like and I don't think are boring. And Paul, what is your podcast? Is uh, O Comics with a there's a comma in there and an exclamation point. Uh, Mine has an ellipses. Panels.net. There you go. We both have punctuation heavy podcast titles, Paul. So go there and everyone can go and back me up on how awesome this movie was because it was awesome. No matter what these two lunatics say. Looking forward to Son of Zod. <laughs> until, the, until that comes out, which will be in the summertime. We'll be back for that. I'm Connor. I'm Paul. I'm Ryan. These are jerks. <laughs> Just being honest. Sons of bitches. <laughs> Get out of my podcast. I'm just saying, when I saw Dick Grayson dressed like he was on The Sopranos, I was just like, this, this, is, not, this is not the movie for me. It's not my movie. He had pleated pants, not in fashion anymore, and a tight white black top. Just didn't, didn't dig it. He's carny folk. <laughs> it's like how Colossus would dress like his street clothes. That would work for me, though. I'd love that. Oh, that'd be great. There's Pewter or Rasputin when you need him. My son turned 10 just the other day He said, thanks for the ball, Dad, come on, let's play Can you teach me to throw? I said, not today I got a lot to do He said, that's okay And he walked away, but his smile never did It said, I'm gonna be like him, yeah You know I'm gonna be like him And the cat's in the cradle and the silver spoon The little boy blue and the man on the moon Coming home, Dad, I don't know.